Adventure Guys. Adventure Guys. Adventure Guys. Now it's time for Adventure Guys. All right. Welcome to Adventure Guys, podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. Yeehaw, everybody. <laughs> Yeehaw. Let's ride our horses into the weekend. <laughs> I know well, that would have been perfect to talk about Lil Nas X, except we uh, did that last time. Right. We're already on to more uh, outrageous scandals, I'm sure. What happened this week? That was the guy, the congressman in Florida. Oh, yeah. Fuck him. That's pretty bad. That's still escalating. <laughs> DMX died. Prince Philip died. Right? Okay, I don't know much about Prince Philip. Now, I don't know about but... Prince Philip either, but he is being memed to death right now on Instagram. Like, nobody's having any um, remorse. And I think it's because nobody... I think the meme generation doesn't know who he is, and he just became a meme like a month ago when he was in the back of that car looking like inches yeah. from death. Um, and and I was like, I I was like, I kind of think this is disrespectful. I was I was thinking that, and my roommate was like, man, when I go, I hope I'm a hundred on the dot. Prince Philip was ninety nine. He's like, but man, I I would be honored if I just got memed to fucking death after I die. And I was like, well, I guess maybe, maybe he would see it as a tribute. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, did he do something with like kids inappropriately or something? Oh, really? I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be spreading rumors if I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm going to pull up his Wikipedia. I don't I mean, know. He was old as fuck. So he lived a full life, whatever. But yeah, DMX oh, died. Shit. I have mixed feelings about that. So everyone was mourning him, and then I hadn't processed it at all. And then someone was saying that he he's committed sexual assault a whole bunch of times. <laughs> is that Has he? Okay, like okay, someone DMX, just someone just told DMX me DMX is he's like he was a raging homophobe. Oh no, he was so bad. Like his lyrics were terrible. Oh, and 1998 rapper DMX charged with rape of woman in New York, Washington Post. Shit, I didn't know that. Uh boy. But like I, I did see on social media that everyone was like praising the shit out of DMX. And I was like, but he did all those homophobic like and then like one criticism pops up. It's like, oh yeah, he fought dogs, animal abuse. And then the one criticism of him being that he fought dogs, immediately everyone's like Oh, it was 15 years ago. Like, give the guy a break. Like, I didn't know about the dog fighting thing, but still, that's kind of just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is what I think. And I, I don't want to sound dumb or not and lib- liberal or whatever, because I am, or unwoke or whatever. I don't know. But here's the thing, I think, is that I think that a lot of things can be true at one time. And I think for a lot of people, um, it's like, oh, if he was accused of raping women, then I have to drop him completely. And I think there's a lot of people who want to, it's kind of like a Michael Jackson thing. And I kind of am like, well, look, I don't think you should ignore what Michael Jackson did because you want to enjoy his music. But because you enjoy his music, you, you both things can be true at at one time. You know what I mean? And I feel like that duality is does not people don't like it and don't don't have time or space in their head for it. It's either like I want to celebrate DMX or I don't want to celebrate. You know what I mean? It's it's like to have a complicated relationship with him. I don't think most people are willing to handle. So I yeah I feel like. And when someone well, dies, it's the impulse. I don't yeah, know. well, I, I think we might have talked about Michael Jackson on this podcast before, but the way that I see it is, like, the music was very good, but it's also, like, a lot of Quincy Jones's music. Yeah. And yeah. 
That's, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm totally about fine that. with celebrating the achievements of Quincy Jones well, I think and you, leaving it, Michael it, Jackson out of it. Well, it's also, here's the thing. You could go, I grew up loving DMX. He was great. He was fun. Woohoo. He was also a shitty person. And but also, be- the thing is about his music that I don't think, it, 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 it always shocks me that nobody talked about this. His music was always homophobic. Like, he was always doing that shit in his lyrics. And for some reason, it just never got any attention. No, I didn't even know it's, that. I haven't. Was, I mean, I haven't listened to DMX since you know, middle school or whatever. It was never acknowledged. He certainly didn't ever try to apologize for it. What? What's? Are you referencing a song specifically? There, there's like a few songs. I think the one of the popular songs that he had, something about in the hood or something like that. Like one of the verses is just like straight up. I don't like men who sleep with other men. <laughs> like, oh no. Like, in literal terms. Oh yeah, where the hood at? I'm looking at this right now. Oh yeah, I show no love to to homo thugs. Um, last I heard, y'all was having sex with the same sex. Yeah, yeah, yep. There it is. Um, <laughs> but, like no one, no one ever acknowledges that. No, that's pretty bad. <laughs> um, I get that it's like from 20 years ago, but. Yeah. Still, like it's not even, it's very plain and literal. It's not just like throwing slurs around haphazardly. Like he's actually talking about it. It's almost. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That that one has always mystified me. Right? Like people that have had homophobic lyrics in the past that I can think of, like have always at least addressed it in some form. Like whether they've apologized or not, people like. Buju Banton, uh, yeah, it seems to be harder to do in the uh, in the hip hop community where masculinity still is. I mean, there's a lot of people bucking that, obviously. Like at this point in time, like it's it's evolving fast, but especially from his era. Um, no, look, I dude, I I agree. I just yeah, it's dumb, and then it's like I just googled it, and people are like, it's just like feminists in all caps are trying to cancel DMX from like a year or two ago and I, and I'm just sort of like why does it have to all be so sensational why can't we just sit as as people and just be like so DMX yes a lot of people love him grew up with him look at these lyrics they're really fucking bad you can still have fond memories of enjoying DMX as a child and then also as an adult realize how bad these lyrics are right like is that am i asking too much of people to to do both of those things and be you know what i mean i i don't know i guess i hope that if if you realize that the songs that you liked as a child were really homophobic that you would stop liking them yeah and i wouldn't yeah exactly and then you would grow and you would realize what you did and you and maybe maybe your post would be loved dmx at my middle school dance it 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 really went over well at my uh, bar mitzvah um, right. Well, it it yeah. seems that he. It seems that he was a bad per. He might not have been the best person, and sexually assaulted people, and said anti, you know, homophobic and dog fighting and all this stuff. Um, what do I make of all this? I don't know. I guess I can't expect everyone to post that on social media. But no. Well, you know, like remember when all the shit about brand new came out? Yeah. A few years ago, like I can't listen to that band anymore. No, me neither. Because all the songs are about that, vilifying women, and the, the crazy thing is, like the new the new they, records were very good. I loved the newest record that came out like two years before, um, they ended it was a very good mature record. I mean, I never I didn't listen to the to that stuff, but yeah, but like I have the m- memories of me being sixteen or whatever, and they were like a huge band from local that yeah. that really made it, and the crazy thing is realizing that at the time when I was 16 and really liking that band that he was doing shitty stuff with 16 year old girls like on Long Island like in my area yeah like how close that actually was so no that I can't listen to that anymore no I find it probably a, a, a unlikely scenario that someone who was listening to DMX and really loved that song when they were 16 that was totally out to lunch on, on the lyrics that that suddenly realized what it was about. I don't think that's a, a likely scenario. I, <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know if that level of self-reflection like suddenly the lyrics are blatant. Well, like, we're having not, this, con- but we're having, coded. but we're having this conversation right now. And had we not had that and talked about it, and then had not googled about his sexual assault, there's a very likely scenario that I'm at a party or a bar somewhere, and somebody throws on DMX, and everyone's like, "God, I love this song!" Like, "R.I.P. DMX," and I would have been like, "Yeah, I loved this song too." But now, if that happens, I'm gonna be like, you know, let's let's listen to the lyrics of this. Thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna think twice about it. So. I think talking about yeah. it's good. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Weird week. Um, listen to the lyrics, folks. Listen. Okay, that also was a was a thing back then. I think a lot of kids, you know, that grew up in our time were just like, yeah, I don't listen to the lyrics. Yeah, definitely. You know, so I didn't. I didn't listen to the lyrics when I was uh, twelve, and whatever TRL anthem was on. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think I learned to listen to the lyrics until. RX Bandits. Nice. Yeah, it took me a little bit too. I don't know. It, it's funny. Um, yeah, I guess that was maybe, maybe, I never thought about, about that being a generational thing, but that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, well, I don't know. When I listen to like older music. Yeah. I don't find a lot of compelling lyrics. Like, I mean, there's, okay, there's plenty of shit lyrics from every era. Yes. Fine. But like the kind of lyrics that I find meaningful now that I have found meaningful in my adult life, it's hard to find those kinds of lyrics in music that hasn't been released in the last 20 years, like music before that, Mm. like finding songs from the seventies or eighties that have the kinds of lyrics that I like now. Yeah. I I don't think, right. Like who was writing Jeff Rosenstock, my favorite songwriter, Mm -hmm. lyricist. Who was writing songs like him in the eighties, for example? It's a good question. I mean, when Every- you when you say that, when you say the seventies, uh, like Leonard Cohen comes to mind. Yeah, maybe he had some cool lyrics that were pretty personal. So you know, Joni like, Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, Joni Mitchell. Yeah, there, there, there are people, but it's like personal. That's the thing. Is like I feel like a lot of lyrics that were popular in eras of the past were much more general mm-hmm. like e- even songs that were celebrated for like songwriting yeah no i like think the lyrics were were it, less well, specific par- yeah i think part of what was really prized at that time was like being able to convey a universal emotion generally was like very like prized and was like ah now that is like they were able to say something to everybody you know i right. feel like people yeah, yeah. really appreciated that sentiment and I, we're just at a totally another level. Like, I don't know if you listen to um, Olivia Rodrigo, who's had like two big smashes recently. Um, oh, I, I, I've been seeing the name a lot more, but I haven't checked it out. It's, it's, it's cool. Well, oh, dude, well, you're going to love this. So, so the first song she releases goes straight to number one. Like it's the biggest song of the year. You know who produced this song? Is a, who? this guy's name is Dan Ni- Nigro. Um, from Long Island was the lead singer of a band called As Tall as Lions. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Shit. Dude, I liked that band. Yeah, so he he made after As Tall as Lions ended, um, he started producing, moved out to LA, um, started apprentice started as all New Yorkers do. As all New Yorkers do. He was apprenticing, I believe, um, Ariel Rekshide, um, formerly the lead singer of the hippos. Um and <laughs> big awesome producer whom i love who's done yeah. some of the cool records i love and then he now he's been producing stuff and then he just hit it big with olivia rodrigo and they just put out their second song last week and it's like for like a pop pop song i think it's got some cool like really distorted drums a wild distorted synth and it's i think she, i think for her one of the big influences is taylor swift but it goes to show that it's like telling very like personal stories with very like specific details. And it's like that Taylor Swift and Olivia, Rodrigo, like these, these are our pop, like number one song in the world. And they're trying to embrace the personal aesthetics. You're right. That's just like a different thing than was happening all over the place. Yeah. Um, Dude, I haven't thought about cultural, as tall as lions in forever. Cultural shift. I'm glad you brought them up. 
Yeah, well, I love, I just love the this lineage of um, people from the pop punk, ska, emo world, just like soldiering on and being like, no, I just like music. This is the era that I came up in, but I'm just going to keep progressing and making cool music and then them finding careers for themselves is really cool. It is. It's it's funny, like when you think about that, that Long Island scene, especially because it was booming in the early 2000s. And then it dissipated so quickly. And like, what happened to all those guys? Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they're just like, you know, behind the scenes people now. That's- yes, some of them are, some of them aren't. But like, I think he's even said it. And other people I think have said, it's just sort of like, well, I was, you know, if you were a teenager in Long Island at that time, even if I saw his lines were a little bit different, you know, but it's like, how, how are you not going to be involved in that? And if you're a teenager who likes music and you're like a, suburban high school kid like you kidding me <laughs> yep dude everybody glassjaw glassjaw was the fucking band they they set it all off everyone wanted to play screamo and then you know there were those emo offshoot bands everything i i remember being in i it was probably like freshman year of high school and reading in the local newspaper long island in the 2000s is just like seattle in the 90s wow <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's so very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what people thought it was at the time. And you know, and bands like Taking Back Sunday were huge, like arena tours. Yeah. And New Jersey was adjacent to that too. New you Jersey know, had Thursday that and My Chemical Romance and Yeah, they had it going yeah. too. They had their whole own thing. And like it's I think New Jersey, I don't know, is a little, still a little different in that like I think maybe, I don't know if people leave Long Island or something, but like, I just know this from working in music that like Starland Ballroom is this like magic venue that's like, you know, it's like 2,500 cap that a lot of those bands can still come and just sell out anytime where like All Time Low was doing anniversary shows for their first big album. They didn't do them anywhere in the country except for three at Starland Ballroom (laughs) and like Oh, the starting line is going to play two shows this year. They're going to do full album shows. Where are they going to do them? Starland Ballroom in Philly, where they're from. Like, it's it, there's something about New Jersey that's like hung on to a lot of that. Um, it, it's fun. It's a great venue. It's a great venue. Um, but yeah, I, last I, time I was there was Skanksgiving 2016. Have you been there since then? When I was there, I don't know if I've been there since then. I'd have to I'd have to do some some quick fact checking, um, but that was a fun time. That I mean, that was when you and I didn't used to talk all the time. So like, I made a trip from New York down to come see you at Starland and go to that show with you. That was fun. Yeah, it was a great lineup. We saw we saw LTJ play Hello Rock View front to back. That's right. They did the whole album that show. Man, so good. I know. Which I think that's what sealed the deal. I was like, all right, dude, I'm going to like find out the bus schedules and everything to like get down there and back because uh, this one's going to be worth it. Wasn't Big D on that show and... And Mustard Plug. Mustard Plug. Wow. Yeah. Who else? Was anyone else? Well, Backyard Superheroes. I remember that. Was like a local and the Pomps. Oh, yeah. And uh, Obi from Westbound Train came out and did Check Your Time with them. Oh, cool! Yeah, I like that band. Um, that's uh, Alex from Big D. Oh, okay, cool. I, I haven't seen them do too much recently, but uh, yeah. they were they were really good live, and their records are really great too. Yeah, well, it's fun, and um, you know, another uh, another dude. This I don't know if I've told I told you this or said on the podcast, but so another big guy um, who's a huge pop producer now is Ricky Reed, and he's done. Lizzo and uh, Jason Derulo, Christina Aguilera, Leon Bridges, Camila Cabello. I'm looking at his credits right now. Kesha, Drum. Kesha. I just learned a new Kesha song. And <laughs> Because my patrons oh. have voted that I should cover Kesha on my next live stream. Oh, well, there you go. He also did the whole <laughs> 21 Pilots blurry face. Or not the whole, but a lot of 21 Pilots. Um, but he was the singer of Facing New York. Oh yeah, they were great too. They were great, and he's doing it now. And you want to know? Crazy thing is, is that my next door neighbor came over not too long ago and gave my roommate or gave my brother. He said, "Hey, I used to play drums in a record. I know you guys are like recording over there all the time. Like, 
check out this record. And he walks in and my brother's like, yeah, you know, our neighbor Omar gave us this record. And I'm like, I look at the cover. I'm just like, that's a facing New York record. <laughs> it was, he's like, uh, he like turns it around and goes, yeah, it is. And I was like, I loved that record in college. It was get hot where it has all the matches on it. And I was like, so I took it and immediately just like walked to his house and was like, dude, I listened to the shit out of this record. My sophomore year of college. He was like, whoa, no, really? No way. I was like, yeah. Because <laughs> that was when- the, uh, the first time I saw RX Bandits uh, facing New York was on that show. Nice. Yeah. I th- I mean, that's how I think I, they like um, RX Bandits definitely like repped facing New York as like a great band <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for openers. Um, but I thought that was a, that was a fun little thing that happened to me uh, recently. The guy's nice too. He just gave us some eggs that uh, he grew in his backyard with chickens because lots of people in Texas have chickens in their backyard. <laughs> he grew. <laughs> oh, he grew eggs, yeah. Well, I mean, the chickens grew him, but he owns the chickens. So Yeah, he, a lot of people in Texas do have their own chickens. Yeah. I noticed that when I lived there for 10 years. <laughs> uh, the last house that I that I lived in, there was a rooster in the neighborhood, and it was a fucking pain in the ass. Oh, my God. Wow. It would go off every morning. That's crazy. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh man, nice. Well, I got. Hey, also, I got the second dose of the vaccine on uh, on Tuesday. Hell yeah, I got my first dose. Dude, we're almost there. Almost there. I hope it's that it's fully effective. I hope everyone listening gets it. I didn't realize this, but uh, you know, I talked to a friend yesterday who was like, "I don't think I'm going to get the vaccine," and then. What? Uh, uh, someone, other friends I work with were saying that too, and I was like, "Not on this one. <laughs> not on this one." I'm sorry. I don't know. I guess this is. I don't know why we always get political and draw lines in the sand, but I guess when you just speak personally for hours on end, you end up in these places. But um, I will just say that I think the the downs. Any downsides from getting the vaccine seem incredibly speculative um, and suspect, and you're doing it in the name of your own personal rights, which I do understand. But the problem with this one is, is that your actions could affect other people who may not have the choice, such as, you know, there's people out there who they're, they're old and the vaccine doesn't necessarily work on them, which I know of some people like that, where it's like, they do the way their their bodies work that the vaccine's not taking, or there's a they couldn't they can only get Johnson Johnson, which is a little bit less effective. You know, there's these different things, and it's just like if it, if the virus stays out there and is mutating, and it gets a chance to live, like that, we're not going to get rid of it that way. So do your part, just get the goddamn vaccine. Yeah, I didn't read the whole article, but Moderna is doing some good shit with vaccines. Uh, I think they have a an HIV vaccine that's testing very promisingly. Wow. I guess I, I, I got to look into, I don't want to, but <laughs> the science of like people saying vaccines are bad or whatever. Like I just know that it's bullshit, but I almost just want to be armed with that information of people being anti vaccine. So I can at least like knowledgeably say that's bullshit <laughs> or something, you know? Um, uh, it just makes me mad. Gotta but, prop up vaccine culture. Yeah, I mean, dude, I lived in uh, in Williamsburg, and all those people didn't want to get the smallpox vaccine in the Hasidic communities. Then all of a sudden, smallpox is back. Oh uh, yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm glad we got it. I'm glad things things are getting better for a lot of people. That's nice. I'm impressed with how fast it's rolling out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just can't wait to get back out there and play music again, which is heavily contingent upon everyone being vaccinated. So, do it. Do your part. Get that vaccine. And while everyone's getting the vaccine, stay in. Watch Adventure Time. Come hang out with us. <laughs> Want to talk about this episode? Yeah, let's do it. Episode discussion. We watched season three, episode 18, The New Frontier. Yeah, and this is a fun episode. Um, The way it starts is that 
Jake is like in a spaceship and is flying out of the spaceship into space. And I thought like, oh, surely this is the second part of an episode and we're just coming in and what is going on? Why is there this owl in the dream? I know that he's significant, but I can't remember how right now. And then uh, I, I gave it away that it's a dream, but I was just like, why is this owl in space? Like, what is? And then it's like, oh, this is a dream. And this is where watching this show out of order gets you is because I didn't know right away that it was a dream. I thought it was a second parter. But uh, but yeah, Jake's having a dream and which he calls a croak dream, which is a dream of how he's going to die, right? Yeah, you know it's a croak dream because the cosmic owl showed up. Yeah, which means that it gives validity to the dream, right? Yeah, well, it makes Jake behave very weirdly. He's so totally okay with the fact that he knows he's going to die and how it's going to happen. And because the cosmic owl was there, there's no fighting it. This dream is totally legit. I'm going to die. Don't worry about it, Finn. It's all going to be groovy. <laughs> it's all, that's, that's, his, that's his thing. And Finn is not okay with that. And as the show, as this episode goes on, he's almost becoming more and more increasingly okay with it in, in, in so much that he keeps almost volunteering it to happen. <laughs> as, as more and more evidence is presented to him that the death may be close and it may even happen this very day, he just... It's just, it's like he's walking towards the light or something. And yeah, it's so unnerving. Like, I want to scream, Jake, stop this shit. You're going to get yourself killed. It's not worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so angry at Yes, him. although on second viewing, Finn's insistence that they confront the death only brings them closer to death. Like, um, so basically it comes out of the dream and they're like, whatever. And he explains the dream. And that he's going to die and he's okay with it. And uh, he's like, man, I'm going to die, but then I'm going to be all around you. I'm going to be in the earth. I'm going to be in the air. Like, I'm always going to be with you, brother. And Finn's like, I can't handle this, Jake. I'm 13. (laughs) (laughs) I I, Please stop talking about this. And so we've reviewed Dad's Dungeon, which is several episodes later in in this in season three. Uh, But. Dad's dungeon gives us a look into like what actually happens in the afterlife a little bit because you see their dad's spirit sparkles guide them to the the hologram recording all around him. So everything that Jake says in this episode comes true, but we at you know at, at this point in the production run, there's no evidence to that. So we're just listening to Jake be all hippie shit about what happens in the afterlife. It's, I guess it's, it's a nice payoff to the joke that like several episodes later you see spirit sparkles, but it's totally, I think we got lucky that we've already reviewed. That's dungeon. Dungeon. I know. Cause now it's not just mumbo jumbo. It's like actually, <laughs> you know, connecting those two. This is kind of a key to the afterlife. Although <laughs> it's hard because Jake and his dad, I, I, it, it, it it's so open-ended in adventure time that like maybe that's how it works for dogs only <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> like that could be part of the magic of dogs that they never leave you but not for humans um also jake knows he's gonna he could live for hundreds more years he says in this episode um because he's sort of immortal um but anyway um and have you you haven't watched uh, Distant Lands Obsidian yet, have you? No, I've been holding off because I feel like we're going to do it. All right, well then, no spoilers for okay. for what could be a logical continuation of this conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's funny, so in the dream, there's in the, there's a banana man who's in, in glass. Um, a man who's banana. banana man. And uh, <laughs> when he comes out of the dream, he's like, it's not going to happen today, man. Just eat some peanuts. Pizza, ice cream, sandwich. We're going to be fine. And then they get a knock on the door. Finn looks out and it's Banana Man. And he's like, get the Banana, Banana Man. Man. And he goes like, he makes like the, the 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 raspberry sound with his tongue. And that's also Jake's uh, reaction, which I do like this. This happened uh, in the, the second to last episode um, where it's like, I feel like they get into different ways of speaking, but only for that episode, which is feels fun because I feel like when, especially when you're young, you pick up and put down slang a, a lot like that, like pretty easily. Yeah. And this, this feels like that, you know? 
yeah, like they're they're establishing new rules. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, that's right. They're like living their lives, and they picked up this slang from some other friend, and now they're using it, but they might not use it forever. But anyway, <laughs> so they're like, well, and they let him go, and then they decide to go follow him. Why do they go follow him again, Eric? I don't know. Well, like so, because this is Jake is this- accepting it, and is like. Did it seem like the raspberries were trying to ward off the banana man? Maybe. Like, <laughs> but no, but then Jake doesn't inside the house when he learns that, and it's not directed at the banana man. So, yeah. so anyway, banana man's just walking home. He's like, oh, they're not coming in. Or maybe he hears the raspberry. and then But then they decide to go just see where he's going. And Finn is like, ha, joke's on him. He's about to walk into the sun because the sun is setting on the horizon. And This scene was so weird. Yeah, it's like Finn temporarily forgot in jake's words how the sun works he's like it's just because he forgot he didn't eat breakfast that day what did you eat your breakfast your brain's not working yeah i love these things about this show like these little non sequiturs that don't move the story forward at all but just add so much to the character right (laughs) but it also like like this scene could have happened in literally any episode of the show yeah, but I think also it might go to explain why maybe Finn's so freaked out because maybe he didn't eat breakfast and everything's all heightened and he's kind of confused because like a lot of times Finn's pretty uh, fearless and not scared of death. Like Finn doesn't seem scared of dying when he's fighting sandworms in a crazy dungeon and it's eating everybody. You know what I mean? Like he's not afraid of death, but confronted here he is and maybe just he didn't eat breakfast puts him in a weird emotional state. I don't know. Um yeah, it's funny, but then they're like, no, Banana Man's just walking home. And he, Banana Man, is that what they call him? He's in this yeah, dome. He's the Banana Man. He's in he's in this dome that's sort of made out of plastic that looks kind of high tech and futuristic. But strewn about his property is like abandoned cars and fixtures that are rusting out. Yeah, he's a mechanic. Okay. And um, when he shows up in later episodes, he helps them work on cars. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> so I was like, why is this the future, but it's also rusted out stuff? And then they look into his house, and he's doing, like, aerobics with this weird strobing cartoon. So weird. Now, Sean said, was like, you're going to be excited. I, I, I got to tell you something about Banana Man. Like, I got to tell you where Banana Man goes. You're going to love this. And I was like, what? And he goes, ah, never mind. Eric will probably just tell you. So can you tell me anything about Banana Man? Like, what is he, what happens in future, like, what's his, de- What? who? who is this guy? Well, he's voiced by Weird Al. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. That's probably what Sean was talking about. Yeah, he's kind of a recurring character. Uh, he just shows up some random episodes. Uh, one being a car repair episode. I, I forget what happens, but yeah, he's a mechanic. Ooh, I love that. Oh, man. Love Weird Al. Yeah, that's why he's like building a rocket ship behind his house. Okay, okay. I didn't know if he was nefarious. Although he doesn't seem very nefarious at all. He's just doing aerobics and just building a rocket ship. Yeah, he. I mean, he is He is Weird Al. Like, the character is the voice actor. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like just Camille. kind of w- w- like walking throughout life like pretty benignly, but chaotic good, you know? Yeah, Oh, that's great. <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, so they're there, they're watching him do this aerobics and then Jake is becoming more and more accepting and Finn's like, I'm going to scare him by firing this, like, what would you call it? Like this arrow that's on fire at him as a quote unquote warning shot to get him the hell out of here, (laughs) which is just like an odd plan. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's basically dressing up murder. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's like let me just aim this crossbow at him <laughs> and he 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 lights the the arrow on fire using his hands oh Did yeah you see how this happens yeah. it's ridiculous he rubs them together <laughs> and then has fire come out of his hands <laughs> which is great um, it's never a power that he uses ever again no never <laughs> And, 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 you know, I think when he shoots this arrow at the guy, some sort of like cartoon logic comes in because it's like ricocheting off like in such a crazy way that, um, that's like almost like gaining speed, the more surfaces it's hitting <laughs> and flying <laughs> everywhere. Um, and, and flies into the, flies into the distance and they go to look at it. And they're, Jake is still telling fan, I think, quote, you just got to accept it, man. 
So they go out back and there's the spaceship and it's the spaceship from Jake's croak dream. And at this point, Jake is full on. Just take me now. God, let me get into this spaceship. I'm ready to go. Yeah. I hate Jake for, for this. Like, stop it. Get off of the spaceship. You don't have to do this. No stupid Jake. (laughs) It is. It's funny. But also I was like, yo, Finn, Jake didn't even want to leave the treehouse to go follow banana man. Why are you like, because I think Jake is like, I think Finn is like, we need to stop Banana Man. We need to get him out of here so nothing happens. And it's like, if you just let it go, they, you would have been at home. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's funny. So then they start wrestling because Jake's like in the spaceship all of a sudden and is just ready to go. And then they're, they're wrestling. They set off the dynamite by accident, I think. And then Banana Man comes out, poor Banana Man with his just sheet of glass, which is like a piece of it. And... He's like, no, there's not, there's not enough like dynamite. There's not enough explodey things in the explodey section, and um, and then it, it takes off, right? And it's like Barely. a very, very dramatic takeoff. I, the, the glass shatters, and I didn't know if that symbolized anything. Banana Man's holding these like this glass that falls out of his hands shatters dramatically. I didn't know if that was a reference or anything. But yeah, it was, it was a very intense animation shot. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that seems significant. <laughs> but anyway, it barely takes off and comes right back down. And then the, the ground collapses out of them. Um, Banana Man falls down, poor Banana Man, and Jake and everything. And then Finn just jumps into him. His, his spaceship at this point is just totally gone now. It's destroyed. Um, they fall into water, and then here they are inside the croak dream. Yeah, except they're not in space, they're underwater. Underwater, but it looks like they're in space. And uh, they both realize what's going on. When they realize it's happening, Jake immediately starts dancing. He's still accepting, almost an enjoying, like just submitting to his fate or something. Yeah, I guess, man, I guess having that cosmic owl show up is is all that he needed to embrace it. And I guess he... he thinks something good is going to happen to him in the afterlife. Yeah. But at this, so at this point also, I think this is the first time we see the cosmic owl. Yeah. So like, I don't really know about him or like that. He symbolized that, but I guess it makes sense now. Um, but yeah, so then, but then Finn swims up to Jake. It's clear they're underwater. He's like, I'm here with you now, buddy. I think also Jake thing or Finn thinks if he's with Finn, if he's with, Jake, he's def- defying the croak dream with the cosmic owl because he's there and he wasn't in the initial dream. So he knows that by being there, he is now making it so that the dream cannot come true. And then much to that, he they, they're together and he runs out of air and Jake pulls him out. Um, noticeable in this shot is also Banana Man just fending for himself down there. They They... Jake takes Finn out of the water, pumps him full of air, and then they sit there, and then Banana Man just kind of swims to his own rescue. <laughs> they were so shitty to Banana Man in this episode. I know. This is just like the episode when they were detectives, and they put that guy in jail and never let him out. Oh, yeah. Remember? And it's like- They get so wrapped up in their own shit, they don't care about the collateral damage. Not cool, guys. Um- yeah, and then um, they're there, and they're like, "What happens next?" They're so they're there. They don't save them. Um, they're talking about what happened. Eric, help me out here. How does the how does the episode end? I think they just kind of realize, like, I guess this wasn't the croak dream after all. Mm-hmm. And then we get an epilogue of the strobing lights and Banana Man. It was the he was watching the uh, aerobics video. Now he's the subject of the aerobics video, and it's just happening at us, and he's just dancing. Yep, and that's it. And I don't really it's- remember many other epilogues like that taking place in this show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. This episode is weird. It seems like it fits in really nicely to other parts of the series, but it's totally not it's not evident at this point because the croak dream does happen like three seasons later yeah well no, i was wondering i was like in true adventure time fashion it must happen like that dream that we saw if 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 that's what that i was like i think i know what they're getting at. like this has this is gonna happen because jake says the episode then it's gonna happen later but it like 
Yeah. I think it's the season six finale. Wow. Where all this stuff does happen. So like, I, (laughs) I don't know how they managed to connect those dots. That's awesome. And the cosmic owl shows up at other points and becomes a character and hangs out with Prismo. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've seen that. Has a crush on Gunther. He's I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I I've definitely seen the owl and and Prismo hang out. Crush on Gunter. That's that's really something. Oh, <laughs> there's a whole episode with the owl. Um yeah, I remember this. Um where the owl has like is can go into all these different dimensions and goes into a reality and like has a falls in love with somebody in that is that what the owl? Yeah, and winds up being Gunter. Oh yeah. yeah, and then it's Gunter at the end. Yeah, but he doesn't know it's Gunter. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a great episode. Um, yeah, that was funny. So yeah, yeah, I was I was trying to connect it with uh the finale of season six where it does ha- all these things do happen, but you realize it's from a different perspective and nothing is kind of the way it seemed. Um, but also Jake doesn't die, so I don't remember how that ever gets worked out yeah how do they do it so he's not dying yeah i don't i don't remember and also like i don't even remember if when i was watching it the first time if i remembered what happened in this random season three episode to connect it to the season six finale because it's so far away because there (sighs) there are details in this croak dream like the um the earth is you know we know in the dystopian future that the earth has a huge chunk taken out of it oh from the mushroom wars but uh in the croak dream the earth appears whole and i think we see in the season 6 finale that it's not actually the planet it's a model of the planet oh and supposedly from the past that's cool. So, okay, well, that's interesting. Ah, oh, man, I'm so glad to have you here, Eric. I I don't know any of this. I love hearing you talk about it. Times like these, I want to watch like a bunch of episodes in order and get yeah. the context for things. But that's you know that's not what we're doing. We <laughs> we could do a harebrained thing one time and just watch some episodes in order and really throw everybody off. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> speaking of seeing, did you see the snail? Yes, I saw the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I didn't see the snail. Oh shit! First time. Let me tell you, I was I was trained to see the snail because there was a rocket ship in this episode, and in the only other episode that there was a rocket ship that we've watched so far, the snail was in the same exact place. In like a cockpit window. Yep. I looked there. Was it which was it in the f- the very first one or the first shot that you see the cockpit window? The snail's chilling there. Oh, damn it. I guess I was just I I, I, cause I remember thinking that I got to look in this goddamn spaceship, but I must have just missed that first shot when you see it. Yeah. But but my brain was like spaceship cockpit snail. There he is. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, that makes me happy. Good job. Good job. Brain of Eric. The, that episode that we're talking about was Hot Diggity Doom. Uh, and that was right before the season six finale. So these episodes are connected. And wow. putting the snail in yeah. the same place Shows. is probably intentional. Yeah, definitely. God damn, that's mm-hmm. crazy. All right, well, here's my theme song. One second, one second. I'm sorry. Congratulations. Cool. Well, we did it. I did it. Yeah, you did it. Did it again. (laughs) Uh, Miscellaneous Mania. Yes. There's things you may not know. 
Well, dude, I mean, th- those connections that you were just spewing out are going to be some of the best uh, parts of any Missylanomania in uh, in my mind. And that Banana Man is Weird Al. I love it. Sean was right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this apparently is, is a very important episode in, in the series in the way that it connects to, you know, season six and the comet. But you wouldn't know it just from watching it out of order. Yeah, it's connected to Dad's Dungeon also. We talked about that. We talk about the Earth's shape. I get I guess the cosmic owl is really the um the thing that does it for Jake being okay with dying because there are other episodes where he is in mortal danger and he doesn't want to die. Yeah. Like uh the episode Jake versus Meemaw. He apparently agrees to murder Wildberry Princess in order to save his own life. Wow. In that episode. So that says something. I wonder if they ever talk about this croak dream when Jake and the Cosmic Owl hang out. That's a great question. Because they're definitely, I mean, at Prisma's place, him and Prisma yeah. are so close. They're ha- he's hanging out there all the time. And they're in the hot tub together? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. I love Prismo, man. Some some other trivia from this episode. So in Banana Man's house, he's got pictures hanging up of bananas, but also a monkey and ice cream, which I think is funny because those are two things that are related to bananas. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, banana splits. So he has I mean, a monkey. Is a picture of a monkey hanging up? Yeah. But shouldn't he hate mon- or be afraid of monkeys because they probably want to eat him? I know. That's why I think it's funny. They're just, there is a connection, but it's it's not a positive connection for him, but he's just acknowledging that there is a connection, so he hangs a picture of a monkey. In his nah, house. yeah, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think this is a good episode of Adventure Time. It, it, out of sequence, it, it, I don't know. It's definitely one of those we've done a bunch recently that are part of a mini series or one offs, but this is like one that seems to really help with the overall lore of the show. Yeah, I didn't expect it when we picked it last week. No. I I want to know more about Banana Man now. I want to find out more about his other episodes, but great minor character. <laughs> yeah. I think he's got some songs. I think Weird Al gets to sing. I don't know how many episodes does Banana Man appear in. This is his introduction. Let's see how many other episodes is he in. He's in the episode where they fix the truck. He's in Jake the Brick. He's in, oh he is in the Comet where they go in the space. Yeah, he's in a bunch of episodes. President Porpoise is missing. That's a weird one. Can you imagine having Weird Al in your voiceover studio? No, that'd be so great. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm just. Googling right now, Prince Philip uh, Epstein, Prince Philip <laughs> children, based off of how you open this show. <laughs> I'm just like, now I'm, now that just popped into my brain and I was like, what? I, Prince- uh, let, let's do a miscellaneous mania for Prince Philip. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give us some some Prince Philip facts. Here's so, here's the one that I learned today yeah. that I found surprising is yeah. that he was born in Greece. Yeah, so he was born in Greece and but he was in the royal families for a Greek and Danish royal families. And then he, you know, went into the British Royal Navy and was in the Second World War. But after the war, he married into the the the, the royal family of, of Britain. And he uh, he married Elizabeth, and he was given permission, and then came in. So I guess he kind of married up. I I, I would <laughs> think not not yeah. I'm not taking not I don't want to talk shit on Greece as a uh, that people are less, but just in terms of the posturing of the European elite. I so I had no idea how British royalty worked. 
Yeah. I still don't. I don't. I, I have no idea. So I always assumed that Queen Elizabeth was single. Why? Well, I, I, I guess maybe she had had a husband at some point, but maybe he had died when she was still a princess or something like that. But I, I, I never knew about a, a king of England. Right. <clears throat> and so I just figured that Queen Elizabeth was just her own woman. I didn't even I didn't even realize until I read the sentence that he was married to Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I didn't even know who this guy I just he was just an old guy in the car. I'm a piece of shit millennial. <laughs> well, we're Americans. Yeah, and the whole British like royal family shit I always just thought sounded stupid, so I barely looked into it. <laughs> it is kind of dumb, right? <laughs> yeah. Because they don't do anything, no. right? They're just they're just fucking rich people that sit around hoarding wealth. Stupid. They have fucking castles. And they're they don't even do anything with the government. No. They don't they just sort of are like like figureheads. It's dumb. And they kind of started it's like kind of the start of the whole like celebrity culture shit. What? Were there any other facts about Prince Philip? Well, I'm not finding anything about him and kids, luckily. I think Prince Andrew is the one that was in the Epstein stuff. And he stepped down after the, uh, who was the Duke of York. And I think this is right. I think this is him I'm thinking about. Here, wait, hold on. Don't want to be saying wild shit. Oh, yeah, that was him. Prince Prince Andrew... um, yeah, in 2019, um, sexual abuse, um, and he was connected to Jeffrey Epstein, um, and then he resigned from all public roles over that. Um, he was investigated, um, and I'm pretty sure I did. You watch the documentary on Netflix on Epstein? No. Basically, it seems like Epstein, like this guy was married, right, and uh, he was still fucking a chick that Epstein brought there and there's like a woman who then she might have been underage and they like she tells her whole story and it's bad well surprise surprise rich bad people people taking advantage of other people whoever would i guess i guess if we want to learn more about the british royal family we could watch that show on netflix the crown is that it yeah yeah people have been talking about that and i'm just like What's it about? And then they're like, "Oh, it's the royal family." And then I just tune out. <laughs> I get pa- I get that you those two words. I guess I'm I am I like to fancy myself curious, but for some reason this thing just does not <laughs> hold my attention. <laughs> I'm not interested in it at all. No. Was it Natalie Portman in that show? Maybe. I mean, she's a good actor. She is. I'm still, I'm st- still not really in. in <laughs> no, I don't think this one's for us. We'll just keep watching cartoons. We'll leave the crown for Story others. Of my life. You can't you know what cartoon I started watching. What? Uh, okay, well, so I told you I watched She-Ra, and yes. I ultimately liked it. Yes, I'm a fan of She-Ra. Uh, then I watched Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts, uh, which was. A little bit of a shorter watch. It's only three seasons, and they're like ten to twelve episodes each season. Um, okay. It was good. It was real good. I liked it. Um, I just started watching Star versus the Forces of Evil. Now, tell me about. I've never heard of that. I knew very little about this show going in. Next to nothing, except that it was supposedly very good. It's uh, just about this girl from another planet. She's a magical princess, but she misbehaves. So her parents sent her to Earth to chill out, mm. <laughs> to, to learn to behave herself. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. I'm like 10 episodes in. Girl, um, you got to chill out. Go to Earth. But she's but she's learning how to do magic and, and whatever. I guess it's a typical kind of coming of age story. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's good. It's funny. I like it. Um. It's sort of like uh, it's a Disney show, so it's kind of in the vein of Gravity Falls, like that kind of humor, um, which I I watched a few months ago. It's you know, the Disney brand is still different than Cartoon Network kind of stuff. Yeah, but but it's good. 
I don't know you, much about um, that, about Gravity Falls. So it's highly recommended all over the internet. Gravity Falls, yeah. And a lot of people said that Rick and Morty was just like an adult version of Gravity Falls. I don't think that's true. <laughs> uh, Gravity Falls was definitely good, but I didn't love it as much as I love other shows other Cartoon Network shows. Um, it definitely took an adjustment period to get used to the style and the humor. Um, it was, it was good. I liked it, but it just, you know, wasn't like highest tier for me. It was maybe like second tier down. Sure. It was like two, two seasons. Ah, okay. Yeah. People really praise the story in Gravity Falls, but I think it's just because they don't, like they haven't watched shows like Adventure Time and Steven Universe yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I think much like the royal family and me tuning out when I when it's Disney, I just kind of tune. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Disney. If you still want to sponsor this podcast with your latest movie or whatever, like do it. <laughs> I know they're listening. Imagine, yeah, that'd be funny. Imagine one of our cult listeners is just like. Someone high up at Disney who just happens to love the show, and then now I'm just maybe I should give these guys a movie. I watched um, the latest episode of uh, the Marvel show Falcon and the Winter Soldier, <clears throat> but I watched it on my sister's Disney account. I didn't pay for that shit. There you so go. So if you are listening, fuck you. Oh no. <laughs> There's some. I mean, send us an email at did you see the mail at gmail dot com. There's something. There's something um, that I needed to uh, to watch on Disney Plus, and I can't remember what it is now. Uh, as a platform, Disney Plus actually kind of sucks. the uh, The whole thing about like streaming platforms is that you get to watch a show all at once, and like they've never released any of their content that way. Ah. The Star Wars, uh, the Mandalorian every week. Uh, and then they did WandaVision and then now, now it's, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And these are just three shows, but they're really pulling the taffy to like get their release schedule like once a week over, you know, four months or so. Like it's only three shows. (laughs) Yeah. Just let me watch the, the show. Let me I just watch, watch it, watch man. It. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, Eric, it's been fun talking to you. I think I might go watch something myself after this. I have no idea what. Maybe it'll just be YouTube skateboard videos. Who knows? Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is great. Uh, can we episode generate? What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? What do we got? Uh, no, let's not do this one. <laughs> Whoa, Vito. What's that for now? Why? You know what I was thinking? What? We should do, when we get to November, we should celebrate BMO November and just blitz a bunch of BMO episodes. This is an out of nowhere idea that I am completely on board for. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. I'm glad you suggested it. Let's do it. So let's. So I think this it, it spun us a, a BMO episode, but we'll we'll save that. So that's why you want to say it, it, it. That that's a while away. It's April right now. <laughs> well, you got to plan ahead. You got to plan ahead. Good call. And we just watched a BMO episode with uh, the buff BMO. You know, like yeah. <laughs> let's not do another. I I love it. All right, here we go again. What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch next week? What are we gonna watch? Let's go! the Okay, this is gonna be a weird one. Uh, Alright, season five, episode 24. Another five more short Grables. Oh boy, we haven't done any Grables yet. 
No, we haven't. And I'm you've you've I'm ready. You've vetoed multiple Grables. No. I don't think we've we've gotten one. We've gotten we've gotten I, we got a Grables once and you said we are not ready for a Grables yet. No, we're not doing it. I I think I, I, I made it known that if we had gotten a Grables episode, I would have vetoed it. Okay. All but right. luckily Luckily, it's it's 35 episodes into this podcast that we're getting our first Grables. All right, cool. I think I'm ready for it now. Let's effing do it, man. Let's fucking do it. Let's talk <laughs> about the Grables. All right, cool. Well, let's do it. I'll, I'll watch the Grables. Uh, in the meantime, everyone out there, stay safe and happy. Get your vaccine. Um, rate us on iTunes. Uh, go to Eric's Patreon, patreon.com slash Eric Dano for some fun stuff. Um, Go to Nick's Patreon, patreon.com slash Nick Harvey. That doesn't... some fun stuff. I, I, I'm i going to make sure it doesn't exist because there's some other <laughs> Nick Harveys out there. You're lucky that you're the only Eric Dano. But there's other Nick Harveys. And there's other Nick Harvey musicians, which is posing a problem to me. Um, I think I'm going to... I was thinking about that. I was like, if I if I do release some solo music, it's going to have to be under Nick P. Harvey. <laughs> Um, there's no Patreon for Nick Harvey, so maybe I should just snatch that up and just get those free Adventure Time dollars, Adventure Guys dollars. Squat on the domain name and then sell it to the other Nick Harvey. Yeah, that European DJ Nick Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right, see you next week. Bye. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>